Get to the cake. I'm on a mission for maze, no matter how long it's gonna take. I could just see it already. Give me that new bins or the wraith. Watch on my own back where I'm from. It was never safe. Yeah. Need a hundred M's and been a safe. Last chance, life a movie. Roll another one and get baked. Mix the honor wealth with the Gucci. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Appreciate you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of BTL Podcast. Right? If you've tuned in to any other episode and you've enjoyed it, please make sure to subscribe, download, stream, and all of that good stuff. But today, um, it's going to be a very amazing episode, right? We have a very, 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 you know, amazing guest, Giovanna Andrews. Yeah. Right? Otherwise known as G. Um, you know, she is the CEO and founder of Harper's Heart, which is a nonprofit organization that aims to uh, connect moms and their children uh, to resources, right? And I believe yes. in the Delaware area. Yes. Um, so if you can just go ahead and I'll, first of all, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Um, I know you're very, very busy. I know you have, you know, a lot of things going on. So for you to take time out to, you know, come on, I truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, but just go ahead and talk to the people, you know, let them know a little bit about yourself. Go ahead and introduce yourself, what you got going on. Okay. And we'll go ahead and, you know, dive right in. So like you said, my name is Giovanna Andrews. I'm the founder and CEO of Harper's Heart. We're a nonprofit organization based in Wilmington, Delaware, but not just for Delaware families. We are expanding our program out throughout the state and throughout the country for our families. So anybody is welcome to receive services from Harper's Heart. But we help moms with babies aged 0 to 24 months old gain access to essentials, resources, and education to keep them happy and healthy babies. I love it. It's yeah. the snuff, man. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was definitely something that, you know, truly uh, stood out to me. So first, I just kind of want to talk about how I even got exposed to, you know, what it is that you do. You know, I interviewed a very good friend of yours, you know, India. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our, our uh, episode was amazing. I'm sure she'll probably tune into this as well, but shout out to her. And she told me about, you know, you and, you know, everything that you have going on. And obviously just me kind of seeing everything that's going on today. I thought that you would be an amazing person to kind of get on. And the first thing I kind of want to talk about before we dive into, you know, the nonprofit and all of the details, I kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, your experiences, you know, growing up and, you know, the relationships that you have with your family and kind of what that childhood and that upbringing, you know, looked like for you. So how was that? Mm -hmm. So my childhood was very peaceful. It was a very peaceful childhood. I know a lot of people, they are trying to heal from things that happened in their childhood. They're trying to overcome different obstacles that have happened in their childhood. Now, I did have an absent father. It was just my mother and I, which that took some healing from. But other than that, I just remember my memories as a little girl, very peaceful. We lived in Philadelphia and West Philly in a little duplex apartment. Mm -hmm. And I just remember that was my serene place. So when I I'm busy and I'm hectic and things are going on crazy in my life. My therapist always tells me, go back to something that's peaceful. And I wow. remember my childhood and just how peaceful it was. My mom's a dance teacher and I grew up in the arts. I grew up in a production lifestyle. I was ripping and running with her. Um, I never went to daycare as a child, which wow. I would, I put my child in daycare. Yeah. But I didn't go to daycare. I was with her all 24-7. I just remember having just a really good and rich life. And she exposed me to so much. And she exposed me to just helping other people and just being there for people and just saying like you know things are things and they can like go away in a fire right. i remember her saying that to me as a little girl and that 
you know, you have to be a good person in the inside. So she kind of like always planted the seeds and it's, she always says like, I'm not surprised of the work that you do now mm-hmm. because she like planted those seeds for me to be a certain kind of person growing up. I love it. I love it. And shout yeah. out to mom. She's in the audience. You know, she says, mm-hmm. so I appreciate you for the support. Um, you know, you just kind of talking about, you know, your childhood and growing up and you mentioned, you know, not having your dad. You yeah. know, I, I, what, what was that like uh, for you? You know what I mean? It was really difficult. I was a kid that um, fantasized a lot and wanted a picture perfect life. And I wanted a dad teaching me how to ride a bike and swim and do all this stuff. But it was really difficult for me. And it's still something that I struggle with. We have a very rocky relationship. And I remember he lives in Chicago. And I recently told my mom this story that anytime I would see an airplane mm-hmm. go by, I thought it was my dad coming to visit me. Wow. And it was really like sad. Like wow. saying it repeating yeah, it is wow. really sad, you know. But I used to like look up at the sky and be like, what if my dad's on that plane, you know, to try to visit me and stuff. But the family that I got in addition to that is even more rich than that you know yeah. like I think sometimes people we we dwell on what we don't have and don't mm-hmm. get a chance to look up and see what we do have and the family that I have the godfathers that I have the uncles that I have they are they're my blood they're my family mm-hmm. they're the ones that really raised me up so it was like I had an absent father but I also had an amazing godfather amazing uncles and stuff like that an amazing dance family where I didn't really feel that absent when I right. was growing up and, and, and that being the case is it safe to, I mean of course you know you had you know the godparents and you know just other male figures you know in your life like how did you deal with that emotional void of still getting over it because now I'm sure you're over it you're yeah. happy you're at peace so for someone that might be listening that's like okay well I can relate because I don't have such a good relationship with my dad um what was it like for you to kind of get through that what were some things that you've done what were some of the conversations that you've had like how did you cope with that you know well let's be transparent okay I think sometimes when people see other people in certain positions like being a CEO being a founder being a business owner being an entrepreneur they think that we've gotten to a place in our lives where we have healed Mm. that we're good so I can't answer that question for you you know what I mean like I can't say to you I've healed I can't say to you that the void is is closed I can't say to you that I've done all of these amazing things because I haven't and it's something that I'm working on every single day and I don't want people to think that people that are in certain statuses have gotten to a place in their life because they are completely perfect and that they're healed. There are things that I go through in life I have many things that I go through in life that I'm like, damn, I need to get my shit together. Like, I really need to get myself together. And then there's other things where I'm like, I'm really excelling and I'm doing good. And I think with the dad thing, that's definitely one where I don't talk about a lot. Um, I'm surprised it kind of came up in conversation, but it's just something that... I have to get better for myself, Mm -hmm. not for anybody else, not for my daughter, not for my family, but for me. But I'm just not there yet. And I just want to be like, you know, transparent. I want somebody to know that like, it's okay to Mm -hmm. not have 
everything together. Like you're going to continue to work on yourself. And I always say like, I'm a masterpiece trying to masterpiece. Gotcha. And I'm like, just trying to master and navigate through life. Got you. And, and yeah. I promise it's going to be my last question in regards to just that. Um, it was just a very interesting fact. So, you know, when it comes to, cause I know you have an amazing daughter. Um, so when it came to, you know, finding that, you know, that spouse, right? I don't know if you're currently in a relationship or whatever the situation might be, but you know, when it comes to the spouse, right? Um, how did, how was that for you? Did you kind of use the example set by your, the males in your life to kind of figure out who would be the perfect, you know, not perfect, but like who would be the ideal man? You know what I mean? So how did the relationship aspect play out for you? You know what? When you got to that. <clears throat> I think I use those relationships, but in the opposite way that we may think. Like, I use them in a way where, okay, I like this, but I don't like that. I like this, but I don't like that. And it's taken, I don't, I'm not, I'm currently single, so just keep somebody in your audience likes the way I look. No. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But I am single, and it's taken me at times to just kind of be like, I know exactly what I don't like. Mm -hmm. Now let's start building up the list of things that I do like. And I'm dating slowly, trying to figure out, you know, what I want in life and stuff like that. I recently went on a date and I told my mom, like, I know, I went on a date and a guy, you know, brought me some flowers and I said, wow, mom, I can't go on a date ever again without no flowers. So like, that's the standard hit now. Wow. Now I can't, I can't get it without no roses. Uh -huh. So it's it. just like, I'm creating this checklist and stuff like that, but it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. Um, my personal life is one that I'm just still working on. Oh, I'm still yeah. just, it, on this path of trying to get myself together, trying to heal from past things that have happened to me and trying to, I'm trying to live more transparency. I'm trying to live more in my truth mm -hmm. because there's a lot of times because growing up in the public, my mom is a very um, popular figure in her world that living in a world like that sometimes you may feel like you're popular mm -hmm. you feel like there's a lot going on but you're very closed in and mm -hmm. you don't always live in your truth so trying to live more in my truth and that's why i appreciate these kind of questions because i don't usually have conversations and dialogues about this when right. people come to me and they want to talk about harper's heart we kind of start at one point in my life where i've talked about that i've healed from that i'm mm -hmm. able to open up about my young pregnancy and things like that but going beyond that that's when we're starting to peel back some of the band-aids mm -hmm. and we're like okay let's see what the real Giovanna looks like yeah. and how vulnerable I can be at times yeah and I think you know you kind of mentioning that and acknowledging that I think that's you know that's something to pat yourself on the back for as well because I yeah. mean look sometimes it, it, like you said it could be we can look so good and just look like we're at peace and healed you know to the public eye because of our work our careers right but in reality um, sometimes it's just some things that people just would never know so right. I want to give you your props for you know even again coming on and being as vulnerable and now I want to talk a little bit about you know the actual motherhood aspect you know what I mean of course you, we spoke a little bit about you know your upbringing and you know the lack of not having your dad around um, but like now being a mom and all of that talk to me just in general before I get to any specific what is it like being a mom you know because I know you have a great relationship with your mom ah, from what I can see so for yeah. you when you had your little one like how did you feel like were you of course you were nervous but like what was that feeling like you know 
So, all right, let's have a real let's conversation. Do it. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's have let's a talk. real conversation. Let's talk. Because of where I was when I had my daughter, mm -hmm. I'm going to be completely transparent. I struggled with bonding with her at first. Mm. And it was something that was so surprising for me because me and my mom are freaking frat. Like, it. we're best I friends. We are glued together by the hip. There is, you see Gigi, you see Miss Shantae. You see Miss Shantae, you, you see, see Gigi. Gigi. Like, that's it. So when I found out I was having a girl, I was like, yes, I'm having a little girl. We're going to be the same way. Like, we're going to be glued together. And when I had her, I remember thinking to myself, do I love her? Wow. Do I care for her? Like, how am I supposed to do this? What am I supposed to do? Is this what love feels like? Am I not... I don't feel this overwhelming amount of love yet. I don't feel this over, I felt the protection come in. That was instinct. But the love, I said, where is it? Like, is this what it's supposed to feel like? Is this the extent of the love I have? It wasn't that I didn't love her. It's just the that bubbly feeling you thought you were gonna get just didn't happen. My life was turned upside down. My body was turned upside down. My health was turned upside down. And now I have this baby and it's like, what do I do with this baby? So you don't think about all those other factors that you have going on. You see it on Instagram, you see it on Facebook, you see these first pictures and stuff and it's very loving and happy, yeah. but it's like, this is my life forever. Did I make the right choice? Did I make the right decision? Did I do what was really the best for me, what I should have done? And that was that first feeling. Wow. Now, me and my daughter, that's my girl. That's my homie. I love her so, so much. And I've always loved her. But it's just one of those things where it's like, people don't talk about that enough in motherhood. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about those times where it's like, how am I supposed to love this person? How am I supposed to love this person I just met? I don't even know you. We just met each other. Like, how am I supposed to love you? How am I supposed to care for you? How am I, what book is there to read to be able to take care of you? How do I not mess you up? That's the scary part that you, you start thinking about. Wow. Now, like I said, I love her so much. Yeah. Like, I'm so, I wanted a girl so bad. And she is my girly girl princess. She is crazy. I always say she's crazy. She jumps off the walls. She keeps me energized. Motherhood is amazing. Motherhood is a challenge. Motherhood is hard. Motherhood is sometimes not my favorite title. Being a mom sometimes isn't my favorite title. Sometimes I just want to be G. Wow. But it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade this struggle, wouldn't trade this hurt, wouldn't trade this pain, I wouldn't trade this joy for nothing in the world. Wow. So it's it's one of those things where you just, you kind of grit your teeth and you go through it. Like it's just wow. being a mom. So, so I'm gonna be honest, I didn't expect, like I've never heard a mom, you know, express that the, the way they felt in that way you know what i mean like i've never ever heard a mom say you know i didn't know if i've loved i mean of course you loved her but I, I didn't know if i loved her like i was unsure like i was doubtful um so this leads me to ask you know i was listening to, it's so funny because i was listening to a podcast on my way here by one of my brothers his name is kimani 
and he was kind of talking about you know in order for us to love other people you have to love yourself meaning you have to properly heal through yes. your personal traumatic experiences in order yes. to be able to give that type of energy to someone else now although that's your daughter do you feel like because you weren't where you wanted to be healing wise do you feel like you was because you wasn't where you needed to be personally do you feel like that affected what you was giving to your daughter? It's not even so much that I wasn't where I was healing wise, it's that my trajectory of life was going in one spot. Got it. And then a wrench was thrown. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. So imagine you're you're doing this, you're you're doing your podcast and you have all this going on and then somebody comes and chops off your leg. And you're like, I've been walking my whole life doing this and doing that. And not that not that being a mom or being pregnant isn't a beautiful experience. Absolutely. Everyone has a different experience. But I'm talking about the moms that weren't expecting it. Not the moms and even the ones that plan it. You can't you plan can this. Yeah. You, you can never be ready for, be ready for this. So it's one of those things where it's just like it wasn't, I was getting ready to graduate college. I was getting ready to study abroad. I was getting ready to go to join the Peace Corps. I was getting ready to travel the world. And then my life just this, took a just, screeching halt. And that's what I had to heal from. I had to heal from, I was in honor societies in school. I was top 35% of my graduating well, class. I was killing it in school. And you know, something I remember, this hurt me so bad and it was so silly, but it hurt me so bad. We did superlatives in one of my groups I was in mm -hmm. and my superlative was, you're going to be the best mom ever. And it hurt. Wow. And it hurt because I've been in school for four years. I've been in this group for four years. I've had so much impact on this campus. I've done so much work on this campus and that's how I'm remembered as this new title as a mom. And it was like, I didn't have an identity anymore. Wow. I'm so sorry. I didn't no, mean to get you No, it's okay. I'm sorry. So that, that is what was hard. Having to mourn my my old life okay, and go into my new life. Can you get some napkins? Like I said again, motherhood is just crazy and yeah. I, I love it. I yeah. love taking her places and doing amazing things and instilling all that good stuff into her. I love that. Um, and again, I appreciate you for being uh, vulnerable and really opening up because I'm sure somebody's gonna listen to that and really um, take that and run with it, you know, and feel like they're not by themselves. And let's kind of, this kind of gonna be my last question in regards to, you know, the motherhood aspect, but you know, with you and your daughter, um, and I know you spoke a little bit about, you know, just the identity aspect. Do you feel like, of course it's a work in progress, but do you feel like you're starting to, you know, cause you just mentioned, I'm sorry, you just mentioned that you're Gigi's mom, right? I think that's always gonna be your identity. Mm -hmm. But how do you sometimes differentiate just being G, meaning having the social life and having fun and maybe doing some of the things that you wanna do to kind of remind yourself that there's more to life than just, you know what oh. I mean? So like, how do you separate the two? I yeah. separate them. Okay, good. I'm good. really good about separating and being Bella's mommy. Good. And mommy, I call it mommy mode, and then being on my own yeah. and doing my own thing because it's so important for your mental health. Yeah. You know, you see just now, like, that was something that happened almost five years ago, and it still has me tearing up. But I've gotten to a place of healing. I've gotten to a place of 
this is my life. I love my life. I love the decisions that I've made. I love the choice that I made. I, I prayed about it. I'm very spiritual. I prayed about it. I talked to God about it and he ordered my steps for this. So I definitely, I'm a mommy that turns up. Yeah. I'm a mommy that goes out. I'm a mommy that, you know, FaceTime the daughter. I'll be looking at my, her pictures in the club, but yeah. I'm a, I'm still in the club. Yeah. So I, I definitely, like, I have a good time. I do what I'm supposed to do. But then when I'm in mommy mode, everybody knows phone is away. I'm not being, right. like, you know, I'm with my daughter. We're reading books. We're watching Netflix. She's on her iPad a lot. She don't kids, fool it. Kids these days just have a thing for tablets. And oh it's, they're so God. advanced, you know, with technology nowadays. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't but, make no sense. She knows yeah. she knows her password. So she goes off. As long as I can open her popsicles, she, she don't good. care about if I'm breathing in the house because she is like on her iPad doing her thing. But, you know, it's just really nice to be able to have kind of those separate lives. Yeah. And my girlfriends, they laugh because there's some nights where we go to dinner. Bella's there. She got we cheers with the, the baby cup uh, and stuff. And then there's some nights where like, where the baby? You know, my mom got her, you know. Yeah. yeah, so it's that's nice. Dope. That's dope. Um, and that's that's pretty awesome. I just love to kind of hear how that, you know, relationship is, is very solid. Yeah. And I'm kind of stared to, and now I just kind of want your opinion on certain things, you know, when okay. it comes to motherhood. Um, you know, obviously, generation nowadays is very, it's different. You yeah. know what I mean? Social media, you know, when it comes to marriage and having kids and all of that stuff. Do you feel like, and this is completely opinion-based, there's no mm -hmm. right or wrong answer, but do you feel like the value of motherhood is different? Meaning, you know, sometimes you, you wait for marriage and, you know, you, you honestly want to wait till you're prepared and you're ready. But now you have individuals that's 20, 21, 22, 23 rushing because they don't want to be too old or, you know, just that stigma of, you know, I want to be a young, bad mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. do you feel like the value of motherhood and relationships is still the same? You know? That's a good question. I never thought about anything like that before. I think that... On one end, social media shows you and teaches you that you should, depending on what you see, right? I see a lot of married couples. I see a lot of young married couples, which is like crazy to me. I'm like, wow, you're so young and you're married. You know, I see a lot of this strong family unit and I see a lot of people that want to wait. But then there's also another flip side where they want to be, I call them, I say this to my mom all the time, the single mom, one kid vibe. Uh, that's definitely <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm the single mom, one kid. That's my aesthetic. That's what I, and some people want that, you know what I I mean but I don't know if the value has changed mm -hmm. just so much so that we see more things but I don't think the motherhood value has changed I think it's just different there's so many different opinions that's out there now like when my mom was growing up and being like a mom like well when I was little there was no social media there was no thousands of opinions of what you should do and all even with dating like it's just so many different opinions on what you and your situation should do and I think that's the same thing with motherhood now there's so much like how you say you've never heard a mom describe motherhood like that yeah. but you've probably seen a lot of your things of motherhood on social media Correct. you've seen captions you see curated captions okay. you see emojis and you see carousels and stuff that's not real motherhood Correct. that's not real life that's not that's curated stuff same thing with mother like same thing with everything relationships 
same things with your family life, same thing with everything. Like there's always opinions of what you should do mm -hmm. and what you're supposed to do, but that's not what fits into everybody's life. Wow, I, yeah. I think that make that makes a lot of sense. Cause, cause my thing is, you know, and, and me and my friend group, you know, we have these conversations quite often. You know what I mean? Like we always joke and tease, like, okay, well, who's the next to have a kid? Right. You know, when y'all get, you know what I mean? And it just made me raise the question of, okay, so do we really value it the way that we're supposed to? So not meaning that it's not as important anymore, but I feel like nowadays a lot of people use that as competition or, you know, they, they don't want to be, you know, 30 plus having their firstborn because they want to be young and still look good. So that's kind of what made me raise the question. And when it comes to relationships, it's especially marriage, you know, my view on that is like, I feel like I would love to get married someday. So I'm not right. saying that I don't believe in that. I, I believe right. in love, I believe in marriage, I believe in having kids and all that good stuff. However, in contrast to that, I still feel as though like, marriage to some people is viewed as a business nowadays, if that makes sense. And right. why I say that is because like, you know, I see some young couples who aren't truly in love, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or who don't truly, you know, know each other very well, but they're rushing to get married, whether it be because you know there's a stipulation involved in it some people you know get married and there's like some type of you get some type of benefit from it like it's just so many things that I see nowadays and it just make me think like 10 15 years ago it was true and genuine and real you know with my family and seeing other people but now like as the years gone on and with the generation that we're in today it's like damn like What's going on? You look to the left, somebody's pregnant. You look to the left, somebody's getting married. It's like, yo, do they really like, are they ready for it? So that's, I just wanted to get your opinion on, opinion on that uh, because I think that's very important for people to hear as well, especially from, you know, your perspective. I think that that's amazing. Yeah, and I I definitely believe in marriage. I want to be married one day. I always say my husband's somewhere. He's a chef. Might be listening. Yeah, he might be He might be a chef with a son and that's all I need. Those are my stipulations. So let me guess, do you, so you cook, you like to cook. I love to, you love to eat. Oh, you love to eat, okay. I love to eat. I like to cook, but I love to, love to eat. eat. So I say Makes that's sense. where my husband's going to be a chef, gotcha. right? He don't have to have a son, but you know. Yeah. But back to social media, it's just is a window of showing you so much. You have so much of information overload that, that yeah. happens with social media that you think that you're supposed to either be on a certain timeline, that you're too far behind, that you need to rush. People think that they're supposed to be married by 25 years old. I exactly, thought right, I was supposed to be right, married by 25. Right, until right. I was 25 and said, there is right, no way exactly. I could be married right now. Exactly. Like, there's no way. So, you know, I think that people have to remember real life and yeah. have to remember like the pictures, the reels, the TikToks, that's cute and all, you know, but you're only seeing a glimpse of somebody's life. You're not seeing the full picture. And that's something I had to always remind myself, like don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare your timeline to other people, your chapters to other people, because your Mr. Right or Miss, you know, Mrs. Right is, somewhat out there yes. it's not something that where you have to rush into it and i think that you'll value it more when you find that gem and you work hard for it as well wow yes absolutely um makes a lot of sense so this kind of you know leads me to my next question and my next thing and really more so diving into you know your nonprofit, um you know harper's heart so where did that you know truly come from you know what was the motivation behind it mm -hmm. right what was the like how did that kind of stem up so don't talk too much about it yet but just kind of let me know what was the first thought process of harper's heart like i want to do so this. the first thought process of it was i got pregnant during my last semester of college i needed a lot of help mm -hmm. 
and I went to a crisis pregnancy center to help me get that help I needed. And I earned like mommy dollars. So it was like monopoly money. You exchange it for some onesies. You exchange wow. it for some socks. You exchange, And it would teach you the value of a dollar, how to save, and then also, the, you know, the currency exchange to be able to get your baby items. Wow. And the thought process really was, I was getting Bella dressed one day and it was an outfit that I got from the crisis pregnancy center. And I said, wow, like, you know, somebody donated these clothes and they don't even know like a real life person yeah. is impacted by these clothes. Like my baby is staying warm because of the clothes they donated. I said, how do I thank those people? Like, how do I say thank you to a nameless and a, fam a faceless donor that I've, I've never seen before? So I said, I want to start helping moms. So I thought, I just help a few moms here and there. I might give them an unopened pack of diapers, a clean onesie, and things like that. But I know you don't want me to dive too deeply no, into it. I'll just, yeah. But, you know, we turn four next month, and we've given out over $300,000 worth of items wow. all for free to the community. That's, that's I would have major. never thought that that's I would major. be doing something like that. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, and, you know, Obviously, the thought process of starting Harper's Heart is stemmed from your experience, you know, yes. motherhood, because obviously you were looking for people to help you. You went to certain resources. Um, so I love to hear that. And I think that's a message in itself as well, that, you know, sometimes you can use your personal experiences to kind of be a blessing to others. You know what I mean? Because let's say you was just living in a perfect world where you didn't need to go to yeah. those resources. You probably would have never thought of you know, Harper's Heart. You know what and I mean? One thing I always say is that I had to really check my privilege during that mm. time, you know? My mother has really worked very hard for her life and yes. her lifestyle with me that I didn't have to, I didn't need to know in my adulthood about the welfare office. I didn't really need to know anything about food stamps. I didn't really need to know anything about WIC and things like that. I didn't know anything about social services. But when I went, got pregnant, that's when I started reaching out for social services. And I was smacked in the face with how the reality of people's life and what they go through wow. and how difficult social services is for other people. And when I saw that, I said, I really have to make a change. So our slogan is where service meets love. And we really are a loving, caring organization. But also we talk about redefining social service and what that looks like, what that feels like, what is social service and what, how do we cater to other people? So. I always say I'm the luckiest person in the world because I started an organization and I get to make up all the rules. Wow. There's nobody to tell, I don't have no boss to tell me, oh, we can't do it like this, we can't do it like that. I get to make up every single thing from the zero to 100. And it's so nice to be able to cater to my families the way I do and the way my team does and to be able to give them everything that they want with no strings attached to it. Wow, that's mm -hmm. amazing, man. Because again, we could go on four years. It's, I, I know you probably couldn't even imagine being, you know, where you guys are now. And, you know, I've read, obviously, a little, did a little research on, you know, your organization and just kind of, you know, your following on Instagram. And I've noticed that you've been even featured, you know, in the city of Delaware. I, I think a pe people's of the 
people, person of Delaware of the mm-hmm. week in Wilmington or something like that, right? So talk to me about what that was like for you, man. I know, you know, starting a nonprofit and then being noticed by the entire city I'm of Wilmington, which is, you know, one of the best, the biggest cities in the Delaware. What was that feeling like? How did that come about? It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I have a friend that connected me with that magazine um, organization, and they were able to connect me to be able to share my story to to Wilmington. And, you know, this is my home now. It's important to me that I share my story, but it's also important that I share my story and be real about who I am and be real about my experiences of things and it's every time I'm featured in any story it's always a very humbling feeling because it's like me little old me you want to feature me you want to talk to me you want to hear my story like I'm important enough to be heard so I appreciate it and I always I don't take those things lightly at all wow that's amazing man because I, I can only imagine you know just the feeling of just getting that recognition and of course it's not because oh it's me getting recognized but again the platform to reach thousands of people and I know you mentioned a little bit about uh, your nonprofit not just being specifically for people in the local area so just for someone that might be listening right you know it, that might be struggling with motherhood or that might need some of those resources how can someone outside of Delaware or if they just listen to this and they see it, it's like oh wow like I need to get connected what's the first step for them just to send us an email just send us an email because of our small team it's difficult to be able right now to reach everywhere right. and I'm gonna tell right. you a little story we in 2020 were featured on um, Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest show Oh, that's and dope. that's a national televised that's show dope. so we were getting e- we were first of all we got donors from all over the world donors from everywhere were sending in donations but then on the flip side we were also getting a lot of moms that needed a lot of help and it just motivates me to say we need to expand our reach because the need is not just in Wilmington, Delaware. It's throughout our countries, throughout our world. So if it's something that, if it's if they're in a place where it's reachable for us, just send us an email. If it's not, we will connect you with a resource that's in your hometown to be able to help you further. Wow, that's mm-hmm. that's dope. That's dope. I, I just love the entire vision behind it. And, and if you could, you don't got to go. You don't got to go too much in detail. But uh, if you can probably talk to us a little bit about you know some of the challenges behind you know just based off of the slew of families that you work with right mm-hmm. um what are some of the challenges of you know probably fulfilling some of these things because i know sometimes these families look forward to the nonprofit and you know the, the resources you connect them with but has there ever been a time where maybe a family a family couldn't get what they wanted or you know just the expectation of i'm going to always fall through for you the you know, biggest, how, does that, how does what's the challenge with the that? biggest challenge is funding that's the biggest challenge i'm always looking for funding i'm always writing grants i'm always begging somebody on instagram for two dollars like i am it's the funding Got it. i can do it i can do the work i don't mind doing the work it's making sure that we have the proper resources to fulfill those things right. so you know i'm always looking for new brand partnerships i'm always looking for new sponsors that is the my biggest thing and getting in front of the right people and making sure that i'm in the right rooms and busting down the doors to let them know that our families matter that our organization our mission we matter and the work that we do matters and that we deserve also to be 
funded so that we can continue in spreading our mission and our work. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges. Um, but Harper's Heart has been very blessed. Love Let me say that. We are extremely blessed. We have, if you go on our website and scroll down, you'll see all of the amazing partnerships and sponsors that we have. We have some angel donors that don't want to be um, featured or like, you know, for me to say anything about them, but they are truly wow, a blessing amazing. from God, from the amazing, from the um, amount that they donate to make sure that Harper's Heart stays afloat. Wow, that's so mm -hmm. amazing, man. I, I love it. I can just imagine what you guys are going to be within 10 years, right? You know, 10 I years. I can't even years. imagine. You can't even think about it. It'd be crazy. And where did, I mean, I'm sure, you know, because that's, you said your daughter's middle name. Yes. So, was that the initial thought? Let me just name it Harper because that's my daughter's middle name, or was it like some more meaning to it? Like, how important was it to have that legacy? Harper's heart. Name? That's what you just said. It legacy. Got it. That's what it is. It's legacy. It's building something for your child to be proud of. Amazing. It's building something for your child to say, "Wow, mommy, you you did this. You built this, and you did it all for me." That's what it's all about. It's within her name. It's for her. It's intentional. It's not. I didn't want to start an organization or start anything where it may be passed down to her. She might feel like this is for her. No, this is intentional. This is for you. Mommy's building this legacy and this empire for you. Wow. Yeah. That is so amazing, man. I just love hearing. Like, so at least I can go back on my old statement where I said I didn't know if I loved. In case 10 years from now she's on YouTube and she sees this, I want her to know that mommy yeah, loves love her. Mommy loves you, girl. Mommy loves you so much. Yeah, no, yes. that's amazing, man. I mean, just again, that legacy. And talk about that real quick. But before I get to the next thing, how important was that, though? I mean, of course, you know, it's so easy to say, you know, everybody has that mindset of, okay, I want to leave a legacy. You know, I have a kid. I got to do. But the real life aspect to it, like the planning, the the, the commitment, the, the work ethic, like what has to truly be put in to, to the like really commitment. get that? You yeah. said it, it's the commitment. You have to continue to keep pushing. You, I have a vision for where Harper's Heart is gonna go, where it's gonna be, and we're, no, we're a little drop in the bucket That's right a now. Job. A little drop it. in the bucket. Yeah. But I operate in a way that I know I'm gonna get there. So I keep pushing, keep moving, keep going because I know that we're going to get there, but you have to stay consistent. People, I feel like with entrepreneurship, is so like, let's just start a little business. Let's just yeah. do this. Let's just do that. It's so quick. It's like these microwave businesses that we start. Mm -hmm. No one is really putting in that work. And I mean, I say no one. Let me take that back. Well, you mean like, I mean, you I get what you're saying. But it's just like it's yeah, it's not normalized to put in that work. Mm -hmm. We want to be serial entrepreneurs, but the first the first business that we have is hasn't even really gone off the ground yet. Right. We can't be a serial entrepreneur with unsuccessful businesses. We have to be serial entrepreneurs and get this money and this wealth from businesses that are making wow. money and wealth. So that's what you do. Like I have a nonprofit, but I also I have dreams of having other businesses. I want to be an entrepreneur for the rest of my life but I know I'm only four years into this game uh, I can't go all right I'm gonna do this now I'm about to start doing nails now I'm about to start doing lashes now but I can't do that I have to build the foundation of what I have uh, first build that up and then I can say okay now I can pass this to somebody else now I can relieve myself of some responsibilities and start something else I love that because you're a realist right you, yeah. you, you notice like how real it is some people come with the expectation to take off within one two three years and mm -hmm. I feel like you got to be committed for a very very long time and i love how you're self-aware because you said i'm only four years in the game like yeah 
I'm, I'm again, it's just a little sprinkle um, in the pudding. And, and you kind of mentioned a little bit about you want to uh, venture off into different things. So that was kind of my next point. You know, so what's aside from Harper's Heart? What what other things are you interested in, right? What is you don't got to talk too much about it because yeah. I don't know if some things are unannounced. But what is some things that people can probably expect, or what are some other endeavors that you you like or so? Like that? I really, really want to write a book. Wow! But I'm dope. not ready yet. I'm not ready. I need to do some more self-searching. I need to do some because what I want to talk about is something that we don't talk about within our community, which is about mental health and my own journey and what that looks like for me. So that's something that I really want to do and I want to inspire other people to know that you have to take your mental health seriously. So it's... It's so nice that I get this platform right now to share that because I always talk about Harper's Heart. I'm always talking about, you know, my life as an entrepreneur and things like that. But mental health? Yes. That's... You can't do nothing if your mind's not right, literally. Like, and I've been there. I've been stuck on the couch, can't can't move because my mind's not right. And having to surround myself with a village that can continue to lift me up. So that's what I want to really get into is talking about black mental health and and how important it is. I love that. And just as a woman, talk about therapy real quick. How important is that? So important. So important. My favorite thing about therapy is that this is your job. And that... I know I'm not the craziest person that's ever sat in your chair. Right, right. Like, this so is literally your job, so right? Yeah. You've heard so much stuff. Uh-huh. My little bit of trauma is nothing, nothing compared, compared to the crazy stuff you heard. So I love talking to a stranger. I love opening up, crying to a stranger. The first five minutes, I got the, I, my tears are flowing. I done started in my head on the drive there exactly what I'm going to talk about because I want to release it. I want to get that out of me. You don't want that sitting in your body, rotting your body. You want to take that and release it, give it to God and keep it pressure. Yeah, because nowadays people look at therapy and they think that it's a joke to go to it. You know what I yeah. mean? Or they look at it and say, not a joke, but they look at it and feel like I'm I'm too good for therapy. Like, why do yeah. I need to go talk to somebody about my problems when I could just figure it out myself? Yeah. And I'm very guilty, right? I can sit up here and say that maybe I should go to therapy, right? Because there'd right. be times, I, don't, I haven't gone through anything so traumatic, but there's times where it's just like, I wish I could have somebody to just like- Just to talk to. Them. You know what I mean? Yep. Aside from my friends, right? Because your friends, you know, of course you got them, but sometimes that conversation get boring, right? You want to hear it from an actual um, psychologist or therapist and really get that understanding. So that's why I was very moved to ask you, you know, what was that experience like? Because, you know, people need to attend therapy, mm-hmm. whether you're young, old, whatever the case may be. It's a great thing to go to. Like one time um, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, from New York. It was a very good conversation. And, you know, he was telling me a lot about his life stuff. You know what I mean? A lot of my friends kind of like to talk to me because I just give very good, you know, I'm I'm very honest. And he was just like, yo, bro, X, Y, Z, I'm going through X, Y, Z. I don't want to say too much about what's what's happening. And I said, look, I mean, I talk to you a lot. You know, I give you the information that you need, but I think that this is information that you need to get from a professional. Mm -hmm. I can't help you. And as somebody who's always honest with you, you need to go get help. And his response was, I don't need that shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like you're crazy or yeah, something. Yeah, like I don't need that shit. Like I'm, I'm good. I could figure it out. And, and and my thing to him was like, and just to everybody in general who might feel like therapy is not for them, it's like that's just saving grace. I feel like you know what I mean. Like therapy isn't 
something that's bad for you. And, and I just want to change the stigma of therapy's not good. So that's why I was really moved to ask you that. And this kind of dives into my next thing. Do you still currently go to therapy? Like just because I do. I do. How I long do. have you been, you know? I've been on and off for years. It's yeah. with every, and I'm actually, it's time for me to call my therapist because I'm, I'm, I'm venturing into a new chapter in my yeah. life. But every new chapter of my life, I make sure I call and I mm. say, can I get a few sessions in? I need to navigate this new part of my life. Wow. I need to navigate. When I was preparing to go to college, I was in therapy to help me Actually, to be honest with you, to leave my mom. I was really nervous to leave my mom. My mom, when I was a little girl, got very, very sick and lost the ability to walk, talk, move, do anything. And she's recovered fully from that, as you can see. But leaving her after something traumatic like that was very scary. So every chapter of my life, I go and I say, all right, let me get a few sessions in. Let's just talk about it. Let's navigate it. Let's make sure that I'm making the right decision. It's like a life plan I have going on. And then if I feel good, then I'll see you in a few months. Or if I'm not feeling good, I'll see you every week. So it's just been something that's been ongoing in my life. And it's such a constant that I... It's almost normal, almost normalized in my life. I love it. I love it. It's amazing. And I'm going to kind of wrap it, you know, go into the last thing here. And, you know, so as of recent, which is why I think that this has happened at the perfect time. But as of recent, you know, I'm sure, you know, everybody's aware of the Supreme Court's decision to, uh, you know, allow states to ban abortion and, you know, things of that sort. I was very, very excited to talk about this with you. I, I'm not very political. I don't know too much about law. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know too much about laws. I don't follow that type of stuff. But I don't. I don't agree with it. But I do want to know from your perspective. You know, being a mom, obviously having a nonprofit that caters towards moms mm-hmm. and you know their children. How does that affect you know women and their well-being? It's huge. This this is a historical moment, and it's not for the good because we're being stripped away from our rights. We're being stripped away from the right to choose. And it's not so much that I'm so pro-abortion or I'm so pro-life, it's I'm pro your choice. I'm pro-freedom. And that's what's important to me, that people have the freedom to do what they want. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I had choices. I had this one or this one. They were both very, very drastic and for their own reasons. But after praying, meditating, talking to God, talking to my family, talking to therapists, I made a choice. Unfortunately, I can't say that some of my friends are gonna be able to have that because the choices are being made for them, because of decisions that are being made for them. So that's the hardest pill to swallow. Not that we're gonna see an abundance of new babies, not that we're gonna see all this health, these different health reasons are changing. We, there's, you can do your research. There's so many different reasons on why this isn't really the best decision. But for me, it's the fact that we're losing our freedom as women and that 
someone else's choice, someone else's body is making a choice over me right. and my body. Right. That's the hardest part. Yeah, I agree with that a thousand percent. Um, <clears throat> I mean, of course, I can't necessarily relate because I'm a guy. However, I'm sure that, you know, there's many men that's benefited from that law, right? Obviously, you know, men, right. men may have, you know, done things. Intercourse, of course, happens. And, you know, men benefit from that. So I, I definitely understand the severity of that of that matter i think that's something that that shouldn't have happened but do you do you feel like um and this is kind of one of my last questions do you feel like that's going to avoid not that it's good or bad but this is just a generic question do you feel like that's gonna stop the immature behavior in terms of people still doing let me tell you this all this all this does is stop safe and legal abortions Mm. Mm, I love it. Okay. Abortions have been going on from the test of time. All this does is stop safe and legal abortions. Look up hanger abortions. Look up where people get sick. People are poisoning themselves. They're injecting things. All this does is stop safe abortions. This don't stop abortions. And this also is not going to stop anyone's behavior. This isn't going to click, make someone click and say, yeah. oh, we should use protection yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, we've been doing it this way, but let's do it this way now. Nothing's going to change. It's just all it's going to do is put more women at risk and their lives at risk. And it's very, very sad. And not just not just people that make a choice to have an abortion, but people that have to have an abortion because there is a dead cell living in their body mm. because they have to have that procedure done. So people look at it like, oh, it's just an irresponsible thing and people are using it as birth control. But there's also a lot of different reasons that you have to get that procedure done yeah. so that you can have a life-saving procedure. So it's really sad and kind of scary where things are heading for us. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Man, I think that that's that's really uh, that's what I think the people needed to hear. More importantly, mm-hmm. myself. And, and again, I appreciate you for you know taking time out and, and being vulnerable because I'm almost positive that you know 80 to 95 percent of the women that listen to this are gonna really be able to relate to your story because I know there's somebody out there that just needed to hear those slight things. But last last question, I like to ask this, ask this to a lot of my guests before we finish off the uh, interview, is if you could look back. You know, let's say just younger you, right? Just younger you. Uh, what what would you like to? What's some advice that you would give Ooh. to? It's a it's a you know some it's a tricky question because yeah. I sometimes can't answer it. But I like to just really make you guys think for a second. You know, just everything that you've experienced. Not that anything is a regret, but it just life in general. What's something that you would love to tell like ten year old, you know, G? Ten year old G. I would tell 10-year-old Jane that God has already ordered your steps Mm. to let go, let God, and don't don't worry because today, Jane, oh, I'd be worried. Mm. I'd be worried. I'd be, what what does life have in store for me? What does, what am I supposed to do? You and Kyle's podcast actually popped up on my timeline at its moment where I really needed it. Wow. And I watched you guys' this podcast and then I text them like, yo, I really needed those words. So wow. thank you. And I was really anxious about it. And I said, 
I really, really just need like some words of encouragement. And I think that I would tell my, my younger self that your your story is already written for you. Yeah. So just just let go and live life. Wow, man. Yeah. I appreciate you, G, man, for really just giving value and being honest and vulnerable. Uh, but last thing, how can, you know, the listeners, the watchers, how can they stay in touch with you? So if you can let them know your Instagram, yes. all that good stuff. So my personal Instagram is Giovanni Andrews underscore and Harper's Heart Instagram is Harper's underscore heart. And my email is Harper's Heart Info at Yahoo.com. And our website is www.harpersheart.org. Yeah. That was a lot. I had to remember all the cool. stuff. Thank you so much. Um, and again, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, leave some comments. I uh, will definitely respond, share. Um, and I'm sure that this is going to be a mind blower. So I appreciate you for coming up. Thank you. Thank Love you for you having Thank me. you guys for watching. And uh, peace. Get to the cake. I'm on a mission for maze, no matter how long it's going to take. I could just see it already. Give me that new Benz or the Wraith. Watching my own back where I'm from. It was never safe. Yeah. Need a hundred M's and been a safe. Uh-huh. Last chance, life a movie. Roll another one and get baked. 